Welcome to the Where Does It Come From podcast. We all have so much stuff in our lives and we're starting to realise that this can cause harm to the people who made it, the planet and even ourselves. I'm Jo Salter, founder of Where Does It Come From, creating kind clothes and textiles with a tail. On this podcast, I'll chat with people who've dedicated themselves to making the world better, creating businesses, campaigning, writing books and much more. This time, I'm talking with Vic Stevens about the environmental impact of our online lives and how we can reduce it. 17 years ago, Vic and her partner Jez founded Make Hay Ethical Web Design and Green Hosting, working with clients who make a positive difference, charities, ethical brands and individuals. Hi, and welcome back to the Where Does It Come From podcast. Today, I have with me Vic Stevens, and she's a co-founder of Make Hay Ethical Web Design and Green Hosting. That's a bit of a mouthful, but it basically means they're doing green ethical technology, and they've been doing it for the past 17 years. With partner Jez, they've been working with clients who want to make a positive difference. That could be charities, ethical brands, or even individuals. In fact, Where Does It Come From has been with them for quite a few years now. We're very proud to have a wind-powered website. Vic is really keen to raise awareness of the environmental impact of our online lives and how we can reduce that. So Vic, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Jo. It's lovely to be here. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what your journey was into green hosting? And of course, tell us about Make Hay. I will do. So um, Jez and I founded Make Hay in 2004. Uh, previously, we'd been working in, well, I'd been working in the voluntary sector um, and charity sector. And Jez was an IT trainer where he'd been teaching other people to design websites. And we were both really just sort of looking for something a bit more meaningful and where we could have a little bit more control. Um, and obviously back in 2004, the internet was a completely different place. <laughs> no Facebook, no Twitter. Uh, we had MySpace. But I think back then we could still see the potential of what this new media could mean for spreading a good message and um you know, really raising awareness about ethical businesses. Um, so that's what we thought we would do. We would set up a web design organisation to raise the profile of people doing positive things. Um, and so within our own business, we were also wanting to constantly think of ways that we could be more ethical ourselves. Um, so, you know, we looked at our suppliers and we looked at sort of, uh, our own uh consumption of paper and things like that that were concerns back then I mean paper's pretty much non-existent now <laughs> um, and then we came across the concept of uh, website hosting that was powered by renewable energy um, and that was something that was happening in America but not so much here in the UK so um, we looked into it and we decided well we would like our websites to be powered by renewable energy too so uh that's what we did and then we started sort of mentioning it as something that we had done for our own business and then clients said well we want that for our website as well when you build as a website we'd like our website to be powered by renewable energy as well so that's when we went into setting up the green hosting side of the business and it's taken off ever since um and sort of a few years later when servers set up in the UK that were powered by renewable energy then we made the switch because obviously we wanted to be here and using everything you know as locally as possible so that's when green hosting as it exists now really was born. It's really pioneering um, I hadn't realised until you know we started planning this podcast how long you've actually been doing it for and it's I imagine yeah. an awful lot of people and businesses it just hasn't entered their head, you know, that you can, you know, you can actually have a, I suppose, carbon neutral, eco-friendly, whatever you want to call it, website and have it hosted um, by renewable energy. It's quite amazing. And, and you have um, a lot of clients now. Uh, tell us about some of the ones that you have. I know there's some really interesting clients as part of your community. Yeah, we do. I mean, we're really lucky in that our clients are so varied and we, 
we are always learning something new from them. Um, so, I mean, we've got ethical fashion brands, such as where does it come from? <laughs> um, organic skincare companies, uh, people who sell gifts. You know, um, we've got uh, someone who supplies fair trade and organic things for parties. And then we've got service-based businesses as well, like accountants and copywriters and event organisers. Um, we've got artists, writers, bloggers, universities, charities, even local authorities. So it is genuinely wide and varied. Mm. Um, and somebody really nicely said to me the other day, somebody who they run a podcast for book reviews said, oh, thank you for making us feel like we're part of a family because we do like, you know, one of the things we really like to do is big up our clients and talk about them a lot because we're so impressed by everything they're doing all the time. So we love to share their work. Mm, I know you do that because you've had your client stories recently, haven't you? Really sharing with some of the people behind the brands or organizations that are on on your green hosting so which is which is wonderful and I think that's a lovely accolade to get somebody saying that they they feel like they're part of a family because I suppose it's it reinforces doesn't it because of the messages and the work that you're doing people are attracted who have very similar ethos and goals and it there will be that um that community feeling so that's pretty amazing yeah nice to have yeah so um, I, I didn't even realise this about that you started off with uh, using the renewable energy servers in America and then started using the ones in the UK. So when did the ones in the UK start coming along? Oh, possibly about, I don't know the exact time because I don't know about you, but as I get older, time just <laughs> it's completely different to how it used to be, and especially in the past couple of years. Time is just a concept I don't understand anymore. <laughs> um, I think probably about 10 years ago. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So America were definitely in front of us. Um, and I mean, there were a couple of little ones that were sort of, they were solar and they were kind of completely independent, but being able to power from the grid um, and use you know a big data center that you knew would be reliable because obviously it's not all about gr- the green ethical credentials when you're working with people with their websites and their businesses rely on their websites then being reliable is the priority so yeah yeah so it was more recent that the UK options became more available I think that actually ties in very nicely with um, my own experience running a, a sort of more ethical business and also anyone else I've spoken to is that you have to get the balance right between having the right products, products that work, products that are reliable. Um, you always have to go go extra to yeah. the, the other ones, don't you? But you yeah. have to keep the ethical credentials and the green side of it as well. So it's, it's values and reliability are both really, really important. And I can definitely say here and now that I haven't had any trouble with reliability with Make Hay. And my previous supplier, I was on the phone to them fairly often. It's one of the big guys. I'm not going to say who it was, but one of the big guys. And I was on the phone to the States quite a lot. And I've never had that with you. If if anything happens or I I want to roll back to a previous version, I just drop an email and it's done. So there you are. That's great. That's accolade. Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> moving on. Um, I think a lot of people are unaware of the impacts of computer-based living and the huge amounts of energy that are required to run websites. So can you tell us a little bit more about how much energy it takes and why you feel that a green solution is necessary? Absolutely, yeah. And I totally agree with you, Joe. I think, you know, compared to other aspects of things we use in our lives, the impact of what we do online is less known about and less understood. And I think it's because, you know, it's a tangible thing, right? You know, you can't see it. Um, and most of us don't actually see what goes into making it happen. But it does, you know, very much translate to physical resources and energy use. Because all of the things that we do online and all of the media that we consume and the stuff that we create, it's installed, it's stored in millions of data centers around the world. And they house and process and serve up every single thing that we do and say online. 
Um, and so when you start thinking about the things that you do online, so it's not just your traditional websites, but it's, you know, entertainment, streaming services, all the films, all the podcasts, uh, gaming, our online meetings, <laughs> you know, social media apps, everything, emails, everything. It is every part of our lives now. Um, and so these data centers accommodate the web servers, which are connected to the Internet 24-7, and they've got to be kept secure. They've got to be maintained and powered and cooled constantly. And so that's a big thing. Um, but even more so than that is the rate in which it's growing, which is absolutely mind boggling. And I've got some fun facts for you. Go on. <laughs> if you want to hear the fun facts. <laughs> So um, the, these figures I've got from research that I've done over time, and I've actually written some articles that are on the Green Hosting website if anyone wants to go and have a look and there's more information on there. Um, and also at the bottom of those articles that I've written are links to the resources from where I got these figures. So so they're not made up. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, these are a few things that, even though I know these figures because I've talked about them many times, I still find them quite shocking and quite, you know, wow. Um, but it's estimated that over 4 billion of us using the internet with an average of a million new users coming online every single day. Oh my goodness. Yes, that is a lot. Um, another uh, statistic relating to data centers is that between 2012 and 2019, the number of data centers has increased from 500,000 to 8 million. So that's what, seven years? It's huge. Crazy, isn't it? And those, when yeah. you start putting millions and billions in front of things, it's really hard to, to think about how many that is. Yeah. I'm, still, I'm still boggled over a million new users each I day. know. You just can't even picture that, can you? Because it's so yeah. huge. And in terms of energy consumption, you know, there are some, the opinions change a little bit because it's a very hard thing to measure. But um, the general opinion seems to be that, it's between two and three percent of the world's energy consumption is taken up by our online activities. Wow. Um, but I read something recently where um, this guy, this expert, had made his own calculations, and he also included companies that had fifty plus employees and assumed that they had their own in-house data centres. Um, and he calculated that it was probably more like twelve percent. So that Goodness. is. Goodness gracious. Um, I know. Video watching is the biggest um, user of resources, as you can imagine. Mm -hmm. And in 2018, uh, video watching alone created the equivalent greenhouse gas emissions as the whole of Spain. Oh, my goodness. And, if you think, and, and I'm just thinking as well how that would have been like last year when everyone was at home. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Watching videos. So. And... Yeah. Yeah. online meetings and, and all of that it must have been when the figures come out for that then I presume that's going to be an, another huge rise I, I would imagine it would be a great spike yeah absolutely and with that in mind and, and these figures were from before then um, it's estimated that in 2030 all of Japan's energy supply will be consumed by data centers Oh, goodness gracious. This thing that we can't see and we just rely on and it's this wonderful, you know, service that we use to entertain ourselves and run our business is a massive energy consumer. Um, and, it, you know, it's not all powered by fossil fuels, but most of it is. Um, but the good news is that renewals, renewables are becoming more prevalent. Um, but the growth of data centers and the service and demand itself is just massive and it's getting bigger mm. all this I, digital stuff sorry no carry on all of this digital stuff equates to the physical as well in significant ways so it not only does it translate to energy being used but it's material being sourced and hardware manufactured and being transported and structures being built and land taken up so even though we don't see them because you know they're off somewhere in the middle of nowhere those things are real so this is why I think a greener solution is needed 
Yeah, definitely. If you think, yeah, definitely. If you think about um, the IPCC report of a few weeks ago, and we're thinking about how we're going to meet any kind of um, yeah. target anytime soon, you know, it's going. Yeah. To, you look at and, and compare that with the numbers you're talking about there for um, fossil fuel generation and emissions. It, it's clear that there needs to be a real policy shift in how these data centers are powered doesn't it I, yeah, mean, yeah. I can't I can't personally see that our reliance on data is going to go down it's just going to keep going up it's it's not like most things in life when we start talking about um, living in a more sustainable way it's about cutting back so cutting back on clothing cutting back on the amount of food waste cutting back on okay. those kind of things yeah. but that's not going to happen with this this is only going to grow so we have to look at how we can power it and how we how we can actually cut back on the emissions as well so it's, yeah. it's really it's a very interesting area you've got yourself in yeah it's a, it is absolutely interesting and yeah you're absolutely right like you say there are so many other things that I mean plastic springs to mind because it is one of those things that we've relied on so massively for such a long time and it's been in every single part of our lives but we are sort of you know steadily making a bit of an impact in reducing plastic single plastic use but this is the the opposite way isn't it like we said it's just going to get bigger and it's just going to be used more so there's got to be something done to to make sure that it isn't continuing to be a damaging thing exactly and i think also um information data are seen as quite democratizing aren't they so people yeah. everyone everywhere can access some kind of um videos like you say data online meetings yeah. it's supposed to be available to everybody um yeah. so so you have to look at the the trying to keep the costs really low of all those kind of things mm-hmm. um and then of course that has a knock-on effect of you were saying the materials that the power these things that the phones and all of the elements of those and and the whole supply chains behind all of the equipment as well you know so yeah there's, there's yeah. so many different knock-on effects of it which is quite mind-boggling i think yeah it, it, exactly because it, it links to so many other things because it is prevalent it's uh yeah, it has a knock-on effect on just about everything you can think of at the moment. And I guess it also explains the quick change sort of philosophy for technology, which we all complain about. So love having the latest technology, but of course, you don't know what's going to be a year down the line. That's not going to cope with the amount of data it needs to, to deal with or the quality yeah. of data. And, and so we're yeah. constantly upgrading our phones and our PCs and, and everything. And what happens to all the old stuff? Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's that's a constant battle in itself, isn't it? Just the the technology that you own personally, never mind the data centers. So and that's what that's always a balance as well, isn't it? Because if you're wanting to provide an online service, then it goes back to that thing of being able to provide a good service uh, and having the latest technology. But then, you know, do companies really need to start thinking about creating an unnecessary demand you know are they telling us that we need things that we don't actually really need um, which is a whole other thing in terms of marketing and greenwashing and exactly exactly you know, no, you're right you're right because when you look at some of the, the the phone or the portals i suppose these days we'd say you know ipads phones whatever of, of accessing this technology and there's it's almost like that we're being encouraged to have the the most high definition graphics, the most um, fastest speeds, and all of that kind yeah, of thing. The best and we, camera, the best, best cameras, yeah, yeah, yeah. And all of that. And I guess it's the same um, for the data center technology as well as constantly having to upgrade. Yeah, yeah. And at the moment, there isn't really any industry specific legislation for all this. Um, which does seem a bit strange considering it's now thought of as the fourth utility, you know, after electricity and gas and water. Um, but there are some sort of standards in place that might relate but aren't direct, you know. Mm-hmm. With data centres, there are some kind of standards in terms of energy efficiency usage. Um so that's called um, power usage effectiveness. Ours is actually very high for our data centre. It's 1.2. And that's because of the way that the data centre was designed. 
So I should imagine in future that new data centres will be designed in that way and maybe old data centres will be replaced with, you know, built bottom up, bottom up in a more energy efficient way. Mm. Um, but I mean, really, there's nothing else at the moment. And I think it's hard because it's a it's a global service. How do you regulate something like that? Mm. Um, and there are... There are things that uh, sort of in the EU, there's a digital strategy coming about, um, about using technology to make improvements across the board. So if it, to me, it makes sense that if you're using technology to make improvements in other areas, then you've got to start with the technology as well. So, you know, one of their key points is sustainability in that. So hopefully that will make an impact. And the sustainable development goals as well mentioned tech. So under climate action and infrastructure and clean energy, they should all hopefully touch on or in- include our online activities. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's fascinating, really. I mean, I don't know um, if I've told you this before, but before I got into um, sort of ethical textiles and things I worked for BT for 15 years and so it was quite it's a while ago now but it was quite involved with um, more application development but visited quite a few data centers as they were I don't know quite a while 20 years 20 years ago so yeah and how it was but I'm just thinking I'm sort of imagining how they were then in terms Mm. of like you say the energy um, efficiency and those kind of areas I mean I remember the huge cooling fans and trying to keep keep really cool Um, you know so it's it's, yeah it's like you say it's one of those things where you almost you have to try and keep what you're doing within certain bounds but really you then need to be looking at what's the next generation going to be over time what's the kind of buildings how you're going to power things what technology you're going to have and um, I suppose we're going to have to look a lot more at um, physical and software type solutions that are more open and can be upgraded more easily and um, i use a, a Fairphone, for example and i know that there's, mm-hmm. there's components that plug in and out and i guess that we're going to have to if, if things are going to keep going at this rate of change then we're going to have to have things that don't have to be discarded you know that can be yeah. used or whatever but it's yeah yeah exactly it's that waste aspect has got to be considered hasn't it yeah, yeah. yeah. and all the components you know all the different um components that are mined and uh, plastic created oil-based technology it's just yeah it's quite a quite horrific thing but but again like talking back to the um sustainable development goals I think again that's that democratizing isn't it so having infrastructure in cities and people being able to access technology from home from work whatever and it's it does provide I, I mean you can't even imagine I can't even imagine what it was like when I was going to school then you couldn't if you didn't have a query you couldn't just type it in and find out the answer yeah 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 and that whole issue is another is another issue in itself in terms of you know the idea that being online is a democratizing thing um because i i also wrote an article about the social issues related to it um and how having websites that aren't built in in an efficient way is, can actually be um, can actually exclude certain users. So for people who might not have Wi-Fi and are using pay-as-you-go phones that have very limited data, you know, if you if they visit someone's website, the first thing they see is a great big video that could just use all their data. Yeah, and, you know, and that it's it, this in itself is a massive issue. <laughs> I'll have you back to talk about that another time. Yeah, no, it's, it is really, yeah. do you know, but it's um, so interesting. Yeah. It is really interesting. And you, again, you remind, this is what I do all the time. I just go off because something reminds me. But during lockdown, um, I became aware that there was a lady living in my road that I didn't even know was there because mm. she was in her late 80s and um, she was housebound. And what actually happened was um, she had an electricity, her electricity failed. And the postman actually said to me, oh, Mrs. So-and-so up the road, um, she hasn't got any power and it was cold and so I went up there with a hot water bottle and flask of tea that kind of thing but then I, I immediately start thinking about solutions of oh can keep in touch with wi-fi I can do it she had nothing she had absolutely nothing she just had a yeah. landline there's there was no way of monitoring or 
anything like that so checking in with her and yeah I know and it's easy to forget that when you do have those things and you do use them so much that not everyone does no indeed and And it is quite you know in here it might be the odd person that we know but in other countries it may be an entire infrastructure that doesn't yeah definitely definitely if you think if you live people people are living I don't know tens of miles from a hospital then then actually having some kind of infrastructure where they are I remember a few years ago hearing about a service somewhere in um, very rural Africa where there was a guy on a moped um, going around to different villages for an hour a day and he had a wi-fi um, router kind of on his on his bike or whatever and they could then send their emails on that in that one hour and then he'd go on wow. to the next village and you know because that was their way of being connected yeah yeah quite innovative of him to do that yeah, yeah but yeah know. I mean absolutely that's one of the reasons that we like we um support a charity called Renewable World and they work in partnership with quite remote communities who live in hard to reach places and are on low incomes to set up um clean energy hubs so there'll be solar or hydro um and the difference that it makes to people's lives to just have that energy just things like you know they can have lights on in the evening so the children can continue to study or the you know the girls don't have to walk miles and miles for water and just these simple things that we take for granted all the time exactly by tech in the right way yeah again democratizing isn't it but then but there are these knock-on effects then that we need to be dealing with. So, so the, the next question, we've, we've touched on legislation and, and standards, and you said that they're, well, I, I get the impression from what you're saying that they're slightly behind the times. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of things do you think we need to be looking at as part of maybe COP26 and, and moving on from there, trying to meet the, um, our, our goals, our targets? What legislation and targets do you think we need to have around um, data? it's probably a wider issue than just the data itself I think it's probably more related to the way that we power our world generally um you know and there are targets and there are moves towards um renewables but you know I can completely understand that this is a sorry so did you hear that really noise I don't blame you personally for the traffic. <laughs> Just typical, isn't it? <laughs> um, yeah, so I think it's um, it's, a, it's a wider issue than just the data centres themselves. I think we need to be looking at energy generally. Um, but I mean, it's, a, it's a huge thing to change. And we know at the moment that renewables aren't in a place to supply everything that we need. So I think, and this isn't going to be a particularly original or innovative thing to say, but I think it's about investment. And I think it's about prioritising those things and having a little bit more urgency and saying, OK, I mean, we know why people aren't investing in certain things because other things are more profitable. Um, but at some point, profit needs to not come first. And you know, I do feel positive that things are moving in the di- right direction. I just think let's have it a little bit faster, please. Because... Yeah, a lot faster would be good as well. But you know, yeah. I think you're, I think you're right. You're right. I mean, it's interesting that we've got. Um, I had um, John Taylor on here a couple of episodes ago talking about green energy and where how that was all. what the plans are and that kind of thing and there's some really interesting things there so anyone listening to this is worth listening to that one as well he's talking about that but I think like you're saying we need to we need to be able to quickly increase the amount of renewables and I guess with data centers you can be powering something from anywhere in the world can't you really yeah Um, absolutely if you're on the grid you can choose any energy provider Mm. so and that's and that's one of the things that I would like to see on a on a more kind of everyday level we're not talking about policy changes or you know those those people in the upper echelons that make all the decisions um you know people can make their own changes company can switch to providers that use renewable energy i'm uh, still even after all these years i'm a massive believer in consumer power yeah you know by by making those switches you're telling 
not just the um you know the online providers and the data centers but you're also telling the utility companies this is what we want this is what we're choosing to use so i think you know there are sort of two levels to it yeah and i think as john was talking about um some of the larger energy companies are sort of greenwashing really saying that they're using renewables which they are but they're doing it through some kind of ticketing system mm. but not, yeah. not actually directly sourcing from um, renewables and so yeah, there, was, there was two or three that definitely are so they're definitely worth going for and yeah. he was also pointing out that you can as well as that you can actually get involved in a sort of crowdfunding of um, wind farms where you are and you have any energy from that wind farm set against your electricity bill which i thought was a really yeah. interesting so you could yeah. even do more than just have renewable than by having your energy from a renewable provider but yeah everyone can do that everyone can can't they absolutely yeah it's about investing in those things isn't it whether yeah. you're a customer or whether you're the company themselves yeah exactly and, it, and if you if you're if it gets to the point where too many people are saying they want renewable energy then that will as you say consumer power that will drive um organizations to build more renewable energy um yeah. provision won't they yeah. So, yeah. yeah so it's only a, only a good thing so yeah that's definitely definitely the way to go i would say yeah i agree mm. do i have to push that one so then we've got around there must be other things as well though around um running data centers in more energy efficient ways i suppose yeah like i say there is the uh, power usage effectiveness that data centers are rated at um, and like I say, ours is high because, as you mentioned, when you worked for BT, it was the cooling systems that were, you know, running all the time, which is true because the, the servers get very hot. Um, so one of the re- one of the reasons that our data center is very efficient is because it uses cool air from the outside to cool it down. So it's not having to you know, using traditional air conditioning, which is very power hungry. So thank you for the cold British weather. (laughs) Yeah, well, exactly. And I think that's the that's the point of um, I think with globalisation, some of there are advantages and disadvantages. But why are we not having data centres in cold places? You know? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It just seems daft. Yeah. Although some now and I'm you know, I'm probably not clever enough to understand the exact technology of how this works, but some of them are even going underwater. Right. Yes. I think I've read about some underground ones. Yes. Underwater makes sense as well. If you've got a good, good enough bubble, I suppose. But um, yeah, exactly. That's exactly the point, isn't it? Let's use the resources, the natural resources that we have or or make, I don't mean use it like spit them out. I mean, let's take advantage of the situations that we have. Let's harness the benefits of those things. Yeah. Yeah. It's very similar to cotton, actually, and getting me on one of my favourite subjects when you're looking at different cotton varieties. And in the past, what we did was as humanity was we moved cotton plants around the world and planted them you know, in different countries where they weren't they weren't wasn't a natural habitat. And then, of course, you had to add a lot of water and a lot of pesticides and then eventually genetic modification to try yeah. and get the yields and the things you wanted. Whereas, in fact, if you'd just left them where they were meant to be and grown them in the way that they were meant to be grown yeah, they would thrive <laughs> yeah exactly yeah so it's kind yeah. of crazy it's kind of and crazy. The, you know i do believe that the knowledge and the skill and the innovation is there it's just the will for someone to invest in those things yes it's, it's, it always comes back to money yeah well it does but you know we know that there is money it's just being spent in ways that maybe the priorities are a bit different and our exactly. our responsibility as citizens and as consumers so we've got two hats really we've got our consumer hats spend mm-hmm. the money spend more money on things if you can that yeah. are that align to your values i think that's really really important um, mm-hmm. and unfortunately it's easier to buy cheap because of the kind of market economy that we're in is yeah. um, switch your energy provider to the cheapest one not switch your energy provider to the greenest one you know yeah all of that kind of thing so we've got that but we've also got our, our responsibilities as a citizen which i think mm-hmm. is to help the government and the count local councils and whoever to make the right decision so um, i was really glad when you said you had um councils as your customers but we need to be mm-hmm. lobbying our councils and saying to them you need to be hosting your information on 
renewably yeah. powered yeah. servers you know we, absolutely we to, set by example exactly and we need to be saying yeah. to the government you know you need to be putting investment in this which might seem like a long-term thing but we know how data is going to grow yeah um, yeah and I know from my time at BT, uh, it's been a long time since I was there, but I know that they, there will be a lot of people beavering away doing a lot of statistical analysis on how data is going to grow and what we need to do. And so that the experts will be there who know mm. all of this. Mm. this Absolutely. Information. Yeah. It's just like you say, getting your priorities, putting the money where it's meant to be and, and not and, and choosing the greener path and yes it will be more expensive but it's going to be so much better one thing john said actually on the um, green energy podcast he said um i really believe that life can i'm paraphrasing life can be a lot better than it is now this isn't as good as it gets if we start doing some of these things we'll actually have a better life than we have now i love that yeah yeah and i agree with him yeah yeah and you have to kind of believe that don't you because otherwise why would you carry on trying to make things better? Exactly. But I think there's a lot of people who see being green or being ethical as taking away from current life. It's like a sacrifice. Somehow. Yes. Yes. Which, is, which yes. you know, really. Rather than it enhancing life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, it, but there's almost this belief is this is what we've got now. And anything we do, we'll take it away. There's no, doesn't seem to be any, it will be even better. It will, you know, we'll have cleaner air. We'll be fitter yeah. and healthier. We'll have better yeah. food, you know, if we do some of these things. And, and the world will obviously be a more equal place as well, which is a, a good one to go. Anyway, don't get me off on that one. No, that is complex. It's very interesting, but very complex, isn't it? Because it goes into psychology and yeah. Yeah, economic model yeah exactly, exactly. yeah <laughs> yes, economic models is, is certainly a, a big one i need to get someone on to talk about that i think yeah that would be great so um we'll come back down to the ground a bit so um what advice <laughs> would you give vic to listeners on how we can personally reduce our impact through computing yeah there's a lot of things that you can do um in terms of certainly the things that you store and use online um so really simple things like have a clean up, you know, go into your emails and go into your um, website. And are, are there any things that you're not using anymore? Things that you don't need, um, things that you're not legally required to store, just delete them. Then they're not taking up any more space on a server. Um, another thing is be maybe discerning about the things that you post online on social media. So, Maybe if usually you do a video story, does it need to be a video or could it be a simple image? And this is tricky. This is where we're getting into this balance question again, because I heard recently that Instagram are really promoting reels, apps that use a lot of reels. And, you know, reels, they've got music, we've got video, they're going to be big consumers of energy. So, you know, I'm not saying stop using reels, stop doing those things because everyone needs to promote their business and marketing is a big deal and marketing on social media is a big deal. But, you know, maybe just consider it before you you go ahead and make that video. Um, What else have we got? Oh, optimise your website images. So we've all been to websites where you go on the page and then this image comes down really slowly. And it's because it's 5,000 pixels. <laughs> it's just paying attention to those things. You know, optimise an image before you upload it to your website. And by optimise it, I mean resize it. Don't just pop it straight on from your digital camera or your phone. These are really, really simple things, but they are things that will make a difference. Um, and also be a responsible website owner. So... You know, people build their own websites, which is great. Uh, but there are a few things that will be worth paying attention to, either get a professional involved or look into it yourself. And that's things like if you're using a platform to build your own website, have a look at the theme. Is it efficient? Does it have um, facilities and features that you're not actually using, but are still there and still being loaded? Um, plugins. When plugins are installed in your website, but they're idle, they're still getting loaded every time. So that, again, is sort of consider what you're using, have a bit of a clear out, streamline things if you can. 
keep on top of your mailbox. <laughs> this is, <laughs> and you know, I'll hold my hand up. <laughs> I, I really try and do this. But the thing that I always forget as well is the sent items folder. So, you know, especially with attachments, we can delete them. We, you know, if you don't need them anymore, just delete them. Um, and choose, choose a green hosting company. It doesn't have to be ours. But, you know, have a look, shop around, see what suits you, speak to some hosting companies. It can be really scary moving your website from one host to another. But, you know, a good hosting company will support you to do that. Um, we like to think that that's something that we do quite well and we try and take the stress out of it because we do understand it's pretty terrifying putting your website in someone else's hands, especially when you rely on it for your business. So, but do consider moving to a green website host. It was very easy. I would just say that moving over to you guys was very easy. And I, I was terrified. I yeah, really was, I, I was with, I was with, and I think again, it's one of those things that because you get bombarded with messages from particular hosting um, companies, yeah. then you, you sort of, it feels like you're moving away from the known and the mainstream. And there must be a yeah. reason why these guys are so big. And so yeah. maybe the other ones aren't as good. Whereas of course that is not the case. It's purely that they're putting their money into their marketing and, yeah. There's lots of other reasons as well. So, yeah, no, I had, I certainly would, I have told lots of people that moving is, is never as big a deal as you think it's going to be if you've got the right people helping you to do that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, your hosting company should be having a look at your website before they even start doing anything and be prepared so they understand what's involved and you understand what's involved and schedule it in so it's at a convenient time and it has the least disruption possible and all of those things and you know we like to try and minimize the fear as much as possible because we do understand that it is scary mm. but you know it's never gone wrong <laughs> so. no, exactly that's a that's a really good point and and the thing is if things do go wrong they do, they can they're easy to fix aren't they exactly the yeah. so you can just roll back yeah. but going back yeah. to what you were saying um before about advice you're giving in terms of just personal use that is so interesting about I hadn't, although I've sort of got a technical background, I hadn't really thought about the energy impacts of things like um, the kinds of content that are being posted and yes. having those, your emails still stored on servers that you're not using anymore. I mean, they're, yes. they're quite small, but I, I imagine most of us, because it's this nebulous, invisible thing, you're not realizing the impact that, that you're having just by keeping those things yeah. and moving those kind of content. Yeah, so yeah, maybe, guess, maybe we should be looking at charging people but for the amount of content we have rather than yeah. for like a monthly payment or something. Yeah, and this is why um, we, we never claim to provide unlimited disk space. Hmm. Uh, you know, you see so many hosting companies saying unlimited disk space, unlimited transfer. Well, for a start, there's no such thing. There will be in their policy somewhere there will be a limit and if you go over that limit you, they will tell you about it um but is that really responsible to promise unlimited amounts of disgrace on a hosting server if that if those things that you're saving on a, a hosting server were physical things you know you'd be buried by them it'd be piled high because it's not physical and you know you read an email and then you're done with it and you move on you don't think about it anymore you forget that it's still there and it's still taking up space on a physical computer. So, yeah, absolutely. That's fascinating. I'm, I'm definitely going to go away. And um, as you know, we're getting a new website at the moment. So I'm just going to check the uh, images and yeah. <laughs> check everything that's on there. <laughs> Sorry, I've created a new job for you to do. <laughs> no, that's all right. That's all right. Because, um, yeah, and also I'm, I'm terrible because I get so many emails, so many all the time. I've got uh, different different um email accounts for where does it come from and all of that yeah. so yeah just, just going through and like you say the sent box as well and also remembering to empty the deleted items yes yeah, yeah. yeah things like that yeah. they're really that's... good advice that you're giving thank you for that Vic. that's great thank you um so yeah the final question though that got me completely thinking here aside from sort of data and those kind of things what else do you think as Vic Stevens individual citizen consumer <laughs> what do you think we could be doing um, individually to address the climate emergency I think as individuals there are lots of things that we can do and I think as individual citizens we do have quite a lot of power in our hands 
Um, but I'm always keen to not carry that with judgment because people's lifestyles are incredibly different and what's accessible and affordable to one person isn't to another person. And I'm not a big advocate for, you know, putting the weight on the world of people on people's shoulders either. Because, you know, once you, I think, uh, especially people like us as well, that, you know, we have to think about these things because it's our business and it's life that we've chosen you realize you know exactly what's going on in all different aspects of the world and it can be quite stressful you know worrying about the environment and worrying about the climate emergency and but you know I think I don't want people to feel stressed and upset by things even though those things are important um and realistically it is a relatively small number of large corporations who are responsible for all the emissions and pollution and waste. And there are people in power who are in a real position to change that. Um, so like we were saying earlier, you know, I think the key really is just, just uh, as an individual person, kind of become aware of who is creating these problems and how and why. Well, we know why, right? It's money. Money. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, you know, you can boycott companies. You can vote with your wallet. Um, we know that this works as well because companies, big companies are now starting to sell apparently greener solutions to us, whether they are or not is a whole other situation. But, you know, the fact that they've noticed that this is what consumers want shows that there is a lot of power in what a consumer chooses to do. But also, like we were saying earlier, tell them what you want. Write to your MP, write to companies, tweet companies, um, call them out, you know, talk to them. And those things, it does take time, but it doesn't cost a lot of money. Or a brilliant tweet uh, a few months ago, and you might have seen it because it was kind of doing the rounds, where there was a big petrochemical company greenwashing all over Twitter. Um, and they'd said something like, oh, I don't know whether it was kind of for Earth Day or something like that, but saying, oh, for this day, what are you going to do to uh, make changes in your life for the environment? And somebody commented, oh, I think I'll try and not spill millions of gallons of oil into the ocean today. <laughs> and I just thought, that's it. That's yeah. exactly what it's about, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. And again, it's the, one of the advantages of this democratising. Twitter yeah. is a good one in particular. I did oh, one yeah. yesterday. I, I, I commented on something yesterday and tagged in this particular company they were yeah. back to me within sort of five or six hours yeah oh yeah yeah they will be. so they will get back to you and and like you say with um customers uh, companies putting their green stories out there some of it may be greenwashing but the important thing is they know it's important yeah so we, we need yeah. to keep asking questions so if they say in my industry this is organic then you say okay that's great that's organic what factory was that made in exactly who picked the cotton what mm -hmm. happened to it then you know so just keep asking yeah. questions and, and educate yeah. yourself you know where are these servers what's powering them what are the standards that it's um that it's going yeah. going to and all of those questions so yeah no that's that's really interesting i think yeah. Yeah, it's being more active being a more active citizen isn't it yeah yeah i think it's just becoming aware of um, where are the things that you use where do they come from where does it come from well there's an idea <laughs> yeah. there you go <laughs> but that's exactly true in everything isn't it the food that you eat the clothes that you wear the energy that you use yeah when, when I said so in a position to do anything about it right away but the value in in understanding it is huge I think I think you're absolutely right it's, it's definitely um, around educating ourselves I mean you're, we're laughing about the where does it come from thing but when I set up this podcast which was primarily because um, I know so many interesting people that I, I meet various business functions I've got to know because I'm interested in their businesses such as yourself mm -hmm. and um, I was thinking to myself I really want to find a, a way of interviewing these people getting their messages out there what will I call the website what will I call the web what will I call the podcast I just don't know what to call it and I was yeah. like it's the where does it come from podcast for heaven's sake because it yeah. lines up it says all it's although it's not a, about ethical fashion this podcast it's that same principle of educating ourselves about where things come from and the Absolutely. impacts of them so it's it's uh it's the name sort of stuck 
yeah well it's perfect (laughs) she's a good one no that's brilliant anyway um i think we've got a lot of things to go away with from this talk i think individually we've all got actions um I'm off to check my mailbox after this. Uh, we, you know, <laughs> I think I better do it too. <laughs> but you know, it's checking the um, our own personal footprint just from our computers and our phones, um, yes. the kind of media we use and what we're holding on to that we don't need to keep holding on to on servers. I think that's a, a really easy win that we can have. Yeah. yeah. There's obviously switching our energy provider, switching our hosting provider if we have a website. Um, there again easy wins things that we can do as consumers to make a difference and then that whole act as a citizen lobby people call people out tell your representatives what you want them to do um, and finally educate ourselves understand the impacts I think you've educated us an awful lot here on this conversation but you know finding out more about how things impact the data that we use impacts um, the websites that we go to if you run a website how that's impacting and all of the data that you're downloading videos social media whatever that is all having an impact on the planet so just because you can't reach out and grab it with your hand it is definitely doing it so um, absolutely I hope that's kind of demystified it a little bit because it is this weird and wonderful, mysterious world that we can't see and we can't touch. Um, Exactly, exactly. So, Vicky, (laughs) do you want to tell us where um, people can find you? Yes, um, we are. Our website is green-hosting.co.uk. So that's for the green hosting service itself. You don't have to be one of our web design customers to use our hosting service. That's open to anyone who wants to use it. We do have an ethical policy that spans across both our web design service and our green hosting service, which is a little bit like the co-op bank's ethical policy, where we just outline the kinds of things that we um, love to support through our services and some of the things that we won't support. Um, I shouldn't imagine it would affect any of your listeners, but... <laughs> well who knows who knows but, so, so no arms no arms sellers no arms sellers exactly <laughs> no testing on animals yeah no, those, understandable people people who are already thinking about their values organizations that are already thinking about their values yeah um, absolutely and I guess if you've got people who are coming to you that maybe their values don't line up then you know plenty of people that they can be talking to to help them to line up their values with their business practices don't you yeah absolutely that's not to say that you know if they're wanting to make changes um it wouldn't be oh no go away we don't want to hear from you again we would you know it's non-judgmental we would talk to them Mm, yeah sometimes so, people at the beginning of a journey and it's just helping them along that journey a bit isn't there and exactly you and yeah. I know lots of people including ourselves that can help them with that journey because sometimes yeah. it does feel tough yes exactly and we you know we're all on a journey just different parts of it none of us are absolutely perfect no indeed these are different yeah. places of the journey well that's absolutely fantastic Vic Stevens um, I hope everyone's going to go and have a look at your blog and your interesting articles and find out more about getting their website designed by you and hosting their websites with green hosting I thoroughly recommend them as a long-term customer um, so yeah so thank you again very much for your time and for coming as- along to the where does it come from podcast today Thank you, Joe. I've really enjoyed it. It's been lovely chatting to you. Thank you for having me.